Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with zero dollars in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Alicia. I love chatting with her. Alicia is a self-love and breathwork coach that specializes in helping others heal from inside out so they can live as the highest version of themselves. She's helped hundreds of others heal from disordered eating and exercising, body image issues, poverty, chronic anxiety, and more. Through spiritual, emotional, and embodiment approaches, she specializes in personal transformation that helps women reclaim their power. We go into so many incredible things in this interview, from blocks around money, blocks around being able to receive, learning how to love herself, some of her manifestation tips, how to be more magnetic, and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. 
Let's get started. So thank you so much, Alicia, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start, like, tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. Beautiful. So, wow, my 20s have been a freaking whirlwind. I actually created a reel yesterday going through like my years in college and then grad school and then afterwards. And I'm I'm 26 right now, but it's wild to think about where I was six years ago. I'm sure you being into personal development feel very Mm -hmm. similarly. I feel like I have although it's only been six years, I feel like it's been 30. I spent a lot of my, well, my late teen years and my early twenties, like 21, a little bit of 22, just drinking, 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 drinking. I I was struggling a lot with depression, bulimia, orthorexia, exercise addiction, anxiety, this like overall sense of like, what's the word body image issues and feeling very insecure in myself. I was dating men that were cheating on me and I kept going back to them. And I just, I didn't even know what self-worth was. I I had no self-worth and I needed alcohol or drugs to feel comfortable or in social settings. And I always had this sense that there was more for me in life. Like this sense that there has to be more. I remember laying on the couch one day and I, my, my friends went away for the weekend to the beach and I was supposed to go with them, but I got so much anxiety before that I canceled. I made up some excuse and I laid on the couch and just ate and numbed out all weekend long. And I remember laying there and scrolling through Instagram and seeing like you know, those influencers traveling the world. And I was like, what do they have that I don't have? I was so jealous, but also in that moment, something clicked, like maybe I can have that too. And a little bit later on, I reached this all time low point where it was almost my birthday. I think it was the day before my birthday. And I just started crying on my bed, flashing back to my birthday the year prior saying this would be the last day that I would, you know, be so obsessed with food, be so obsessed with my body, be, you know, so obsessed with this person who's not treating me right. And it had been a full year and I felt like I had just wasted an entire year of my entire, of my life. And it was such a divine moment reaching such a low because it was like I blasted through the universe. It was almost like I so fully surrendered in that moment that the universe was able to deliver to me something beautiful. And that beautiful thing (laughs) was an Instagram post. I can't even remember who posted it, but it was some fitness influencer that I was following at the time. And she was talking about self-love. And that was the moment that I realized, wait, there's love that I can give myself. There's something within me that I can fill that will help me feel better. And that really was the starting moment of my self-love journey. And the more that I, you know, learned what I needed in, you know, my, my biological needs and my psychological needs and my emotional needs. And I started giving that to myself. It was like my boundaries started to come online. I no longer was interested in the men who weren't treating me right. I no longer was turning to food in the moments that I needed an emotional connection or a break. I 
And I, I started to see all of these other people in life who were feeling the same way I was, the more healing work that I did, the more my eyes opened to the fact that I wasn't actually not alone. I thought I was alone for so long. So that started to generate this desire to help people in, in this way. I've always been someone who liked to help people, but I was like, oh my gosh, I want to help people love themselves. I want to help people feel good from within. And as I started doing that, I didn't even know what manifestation was. And I'm (laughs) obsessed with manifestation. I'm sure we'll talk a bit about it today. As I was helping women and myself love ourselves more, I started to notice that magic started to unfold in their life. And my, my clients who were personal training clients at the time, who were also doing the inner work, started to manifest dream relationships and careers and money out of nowhere. And simultaneously, I had a friend telling me about the law of attraction and Abraham Hicks. And I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest shit ever. (laughs) And I just deep dove into all things manifestation. And now I'm fully obsessed with it. It's my my full-time life and career and passion to learn more about manifestation and teach it to other people. And yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm only 26, so I'm excited for what the rest of my 20s will be. <laughs> I think it'll be really fun. I'd love to go back. Do you think we need those low lows in order to experience high highs? Do you think those are necessary or do you think we could avoid them? That is such a great question. And I, I actually was reflecting on this the other day because yes and no, I, I believe we don't need to break down to break through. A lot of people believe that even a lot of coaches and what that can manifest is the fairy tale syndrome where it's like, oh my gosh, I need, I, I need to go through this challenge and then be rescued. And then things get great, but then there's this unconscious belief that things are going to get challenging again. And it's like this pattern of uh, great, not great, great, not great. So I hold the belief now that things get to get better and better and better. And mm-hmm. I might go through challenges, of course, but it will still be in an upward trajectory. I don't need to go back to that low. And my yes to that answer is, I don't believe it was necessary for me to hit that all-time low. However, I believe that sometimes our eyes don't open until we reach such a low that we realize, oh wait, life can be a different way. Or I won't tolerate this in my life anymore. I was tolerating it. And it was like, once I got to that low, I realized, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. I burnt out from being so mean to myself. And do you think we can have an eye-opening moment without having that low? Like what's another way that we can experience something eye-opening and realize like there's more or there's a better solution to this? Yeah, I believe people, like other people are reflections of who we get to be in the world. So we could see someone living a life that we really admire. And that is an eye-opening moment. Everyone that you see who you might feel jealous of, or they might inspire you, or you might admire them, all you're seeing is a reflection of yourself. We can only see in others what we see in ourselves. So if there's someone who's, you know, wealthy or feeling really good in their body or um, having a really meaningful relationship or friendships, that is an eye-opening moment. Like, wow, okay, I'm admiring this. So I must want this. This must be something my soul is guiding me towards. 
I'd love to like go more into you like you see these people on Instagram they're kind of jealous you're kind of like how do they have this life did you move from jealousy to admiration right away or like what was that step like for you to realize like to get from that point of jealousy to I can actually create that too I don't need to be jealous of it I can use this as inspiration motivation you could walk us through that yeah oh my gosh (laughs) so that this was a process for me because before I before I really developed emotional intelligence and understood the fact that the reason I'm jealous is because I'm seeing something in them that is within me, it would actually really trigger me and I would get annoyed and I would judge them. I would, I would pull them apart. I, this, this one example, it it always comes to me when I talk about this and it's uh, a girlfriend of mine, actually a best friend of mine in grad school. She, we, we would go out to the bars and we would have fun. And she is a really good dancer and she would go dancing and just be so free. And everyone, she was like a light in the bar and everyone was drawn to her. And right now, like thinking of that, I feel like I'm getting emotional because it's so beautiful and it's just her expressing herself. And back then I would get pissed and I would be like, you have a boyfriend. Why are you dancing in public? I would, you know, I would, I would just get so angry for some reason in my body. And I would just stand in the corner and like roll my eyes. And then fast forward, you know, maybe a year or two when I started diving into this work, a coach told me like, oh, what you see in others is a reflection of what's within you. If you're, if you're annoyed and and like judging them, then you're annoyed and judging that part of you. So I realized, huh, okay, there's this part of me that really desires to dance and to be free. And it made me remember that in third grade in dance class, I was put at the end of the line. I was told I wasn't the best. And that was the moment that I stopped performing for my family, right? I started hiding the way that I'd move my body. So the process, I believe, I guess is the first step is just understanding like, oh, okay, this is something that I admire. And it's a reflection of who I get to be. And from there, I think, I think for me, it was just practice. Like now I would say anyone who, who I might feel some jealousy of is like a woman, like really successful in business with a lot of ease and like feeling really in her feminine and and sexy in her body. And the moment that that comes online, I just remind myself like, oh, wait, I get to create this within myself. She's not on a pedestal. I, I bring, I don't put anyone on a pedestal. I bring them down to my level. And I say, this is a piece of who I get to be as well, but I'm my own unique human being who has all of these gifts as well. And, and, and yeah, I just try and see them as a piece of me already. That's just like coming online as I, as I feel that, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to go back. Like you had like this pattern of like, whenever like feelings would come up, you would suppress them. And like, what did that process look like for you of realizing, okay, like I'm suppressing all these feelings. And what did it look like for you to start to feel for the first time and not? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I suppressed everything. I, before I knew what emotions were, I mean, obviously I knew what emotions were, but, but it was like constant feeling like constant anxiety, constant frustration, constant worry, like what is he thinking? What are they thinking? You know? And I 
would, oh, I would suppress in so many ways. I would, you know, always go to my phone and like scroll to distract myself. I would turn to food a lot. So like overeating, overeating, overeating until I felt like the sense of numb until I felt like, okay, I just need to go to sleep. When I would be social, I would drink or I would do drugs. I, hmm, I would, I, you know, I would uh, watch like movies and Netflix all day long, or I would just go to sleep or I would make myself really, really, really busy. Like I loved getting to Monday because the weekends were so low for me because I felt so lonely that it was like, oh yes, it's Monday. I get to be productive. I get to get shit done. And I would, you know, work all day, Monday through Thursday, then burn out and numb in like, you know, the food, then TV, the sleep all weekend long. And that was a cycle for many years for me. So whenever I started to heal and learn about emotional intelligence that, that, and that, you know, I need to feel in order to heal. It was tough. Like it was really tough learning how to feel sensations in my body because it's not comfortable. And what really supported me was my, my coaches, my mentors, and really practice like uh, my breath and breathing really deep and being really kind and gentle to myself and noticing like, okay, I'm feeling the sensation of anxiety. I'm feeling the sensation of anger. I'm feeling the sensation of stress. Can I just breathe with it? I, I began to realize that I am not anxious. I am not my anxiety. It is the sensation that I'm feeling and it's not going to kill me and I can actually hold it. And whenever I started to practice that, I started to notice that an emotion is just a wave and it actually doesn't need to last a couple of days or a week long. It can, it can clear through within a couple of minutes if I'm fully present with it and feel it through. And, you know, I started to allow myself to just cry when I wanted to cry. When I was angry, I would punch pillows and like yell into pillows, just like move it through. Emotions move through the breath movement and sound. So I would start practicing that. And now I actually, in the past year or so started to use pleasure as a way to move emotion. So whenever I'm feeling um, any kind of uncomfortable sensation that I want to move through, I'll graze my skin. I'll, I'll, I'll move my body in a way that feels really nourishing. Sometimes I'll even self-pleasure. And there's something so healing about the energy of pleasure because it has taught me that I can hold both. I can hold the pain and the beauty at once. And it actually can help me feel the pain in a deeper way because there's also pleasure as well. I'd love to go back into like you had this, this idea that you couldn't dance or you had this idea that you're not a good dancer. When did you start to like, let go of that idea and dance again? How was that for you to like dance for the first time? and not have the idea of I suck at dancing. Yeah. You know what? The idea still comes online. It's so hard programmed in my, in my brain, but I don't give my power to it anymore. I I'll, I'll move through it and I'll let it be a gift of how I can love myself more. And hmm, that's such a good question. I can't remember the first time I started dancing again, but I know it was whenever I started working with my first coach and she had us get up and dance and move our body and close our eyes and just put on a song and just not think, but just move. And I, it was like a flower blossoming. <laughs> like it just felt so good. And 
yeah, now like I'll be in the grocery store or at the airport. And if a song's playing, I'll be moving my body. And now it just feels like a gift, like a gift to myself, a gift to other people. Maybe it makes them smile or not, but either way, at least I'm expressing myself in the way that my body is guiding me to. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I've moved through that for at least not fully because I still have some resistance, but I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm at this place with dancing. And like, what did your journey look like? Were you in a corporate job before? Or like, what were you doing before you created your business? Yeah, so I was in undergrad studying sport and exercise psychology. Then I fell so in love with that major. And I knew I wasn't, I didn't want to get a nine to five job that I went on to grad school to study sport and exercise psychology. And during that time, I really fell in love with how the mind influences the body, how the mind influences athletes and how the mind influences our state of peace. So it was like such a foreshadowing for what I'm going to be doing, right? (laughs) And I started to... At that time, I was very into fitness. I I became a certified exercise physiologist. And whenever I was graduating, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted some sort of freedom. I didn't want a desk job. And I also knew I wanted to help people. So I had a girlfriend moving down to Atlanta, Georgia. I was in North Carolina at the time. And she was like, you should just come live with me, like find a job near me. So I started searching for jobs and I saw all these personal trainer positions. So I started to apply. And within like a day, I had this this personal training job. They loved me. So I moved down to Atlanta and I was working as a personal trainer. And this, as I was working with them, I would, I would do 30 minute exercise sessions and I would get paid like 14 bucks a session. So that really frustrated me. I was like, ah, I don't like trading time for money. And I also started to notice I would have clients who would either be really strong and fit, but they would wiggle their arms in the mirror and pick up their fat. Like they were still very unhappy with their body. Or on the flip side, I would have people who were overweight and they couldn't stick to their diet change at home or whatever the reason may be, they wouldn't make the transformation. So on both ends, I didn't feel very satisfied with the result that I was offering them. And because there was only a 30 minute time slot and I wasn't getting, you know, income for any extra work, I wasn't able to take them any deeper. So of course the universe started guiding me to this mentor who taught me like, you can do anything and like, you can make as much money as you want. And I started to watch Queer Eye. Have you ever watched that before? I haven't. (laughs) Oh, well, it, it just like really helped me believe in myself. And then I also was guided to a podcast where this guy was talking about how he was homeless. And two years later, he had this million dollar coaching business and that opened my eyes to the whole world of online coaching. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can do personal training online and teach people how to love themselves and have the freedom to live wherever I want, make as much money as I want, create my own schedule. So that's what happened. I only had a, I only had a, like a, a real job out of university for like half a year before I started starting my own online business. <laughs> what does, what does self-love mean to you? To me, self-love means unconditional acceptance of what is like whatever I'm experiencing in the moment, whatever I'm feeling, whatever is my reality, I accept it. 
and that I'm kind to myself. And for anyone who feels like they're at a place that's so far away from that place, what advice would you give them? The advice that I would give someone who isn't feeling love and acceptance for themselves is to start being kind to yourself three times a day. Write it down with three ways that you were kind to yourself. And you'll begin to notice all the times that you're not kind to yourself, all the times that you beat yourself up in your head, all the times that you look in the mirror and pick yourself apart, all the times that you make yourself work out out of punishment of what you ate the day before, all the times that that you're not kind and and it will also allow you to start practicing being kind so you know noticing when you look in the mirror giving yourself a compliment breathing into your heart giving yourself rest when your body's asking for rest forgiving yourself for making a mistake in that moment it takes one moment to forgive ourselves not years and, you know, saying kind words to yourself, whatever is coming through, but three times a day, be kind to yourself. That's the perfect place to start. And do you think it's a continuous journey or do you think you just get there and then it's kind of like you've arrived at like this destination or do you <laughs> notice like it kind of like old patterns come up and it's continuous? What has the experience been like for you? I 1000% believe it's a continuous journey. I believe there's no peak. I believe we reach peaks that feel really, really great, but I believe in growth and evolution over a lifetime and that this universe and what we get to experience and what we get to feel is limitless. It's endless. There's always a higher potential. Um, And Yeah, that also as being human beings who have a a soul that came down here for a certain soul curriculum, there will be things that we move through that will be challenging and emotional and painful sometimes. And that's all part of, you know, what, what we signed up for before we came here, at least in my opinion. So yeah, I totally believe in growth and evolution over a lifetime. And I also believe I, I, I love that. I loved when I learned that because I used to think there was a peak and an end goal. And it was like, I was always efforting for this goal. And now that I know it's constant growth and evolution over a lifetime, my goal is no longer really the future. My goal is presence. My goal is how can this moment feel really full of pleasure and peace and love and abundance. And I'm always bringing myself back to this moment, this moment, this moment. I do have goals for the future, but I let the universe do that work. I know it's coming and I just fully focus in this moment, which has actually allowed myself to speed up my growth and evolution because I'm here. I'm not somewhere else. Do you think that we can be like in this place of being, I don't know. I feel like there's this idea that to get to the next level, to get to the next place we want to go, we kind of have to be hard on ourselves. Like we have to be hard on ourselves. We have to be kind of critical of ourselves. I feel like sometimes those ideas go hand in hand and that you can't be like happy with where you're at right now and still be reaching for more. So what advice do you have for that about like, if you have to be hard on yourself or you have to constantly be striving for more, or you're kind of stuck in that kind of mentality? Yeah, I, I had this mentality so fully. I, I mean, it's the patriarchy, right? It's, it's what we're raised. It's like, work hard, play hard. And, and, you know, you need to push yourself and all of these things. And there, there's a time and place for a little bit of a push, but not in a way that's hard because what I find is that when we 
push like that, it's almost like we're fighting ourselves. Like we're fighting this deeper part of us that is actually a lot wiser. And when we meet resistance with resistance, that resistance just grows. So what I found to be really helpful within myself is it it comes back to that kindness and that gentleness and that encouragement. That is how I I make a change and, and create in my life and stick to my goals. And I think also what, what is really helpful here is, you know, if someone listening is, is struggling with, you know, reaching success or reaching that ne- next goal and, and doing it in a way that feels really nourishing, I w- there's two things. The first is to tune into how do you want the rest of your life to feel? Because if you have the foundation of the way that you create as, as this, as being hard on yourself, then you're going to teach yourself and ingrain it more into your unconscious that this is the way that I need to be in order to be successful. So then 10 years down the line, you're like, damn, I never reached that place where I could just be easy on myself because you've learned that this is the way to success. So I would encourage you to tune into how do I want every day to feel like, how do I want my life to feel? How much pleasure do I want to feel? How much love do I want to feel? And, and I get to interweave my business or whatever I'm creating into that. So the, the second piece would be find people or let yourself be guided. Just listening to this, if this feels aligning for you, you're going to start being guided to people who are successful in a way that feels good to you. So I started to, you know, the, the first person that I learned about business from the one who had that podcast that I mentioned earlier, I learned from him first. And after five months, I fully burnt out. It was like, so hustle, so push working 60 hours a week. I was, I wasn't taking care of my body, my social life, my mental health. I wasn't sleeping a lot. My eyes started seizing from staring at the computer screen for so long. And it was just, it was not good. So for me, it was not what I wanted. So I started to be guided to other mentors who were successful, but they also loved their life, who were successful, but in a way that felt really nourishing, who were successful, but actually didn't have to work that much throughout the week. And I, as I started to learn from them, I started to calibrate to the way that they treat themselves, to the way that they think, to the way that they speak and operate and That's how I shifted from that mentality that you mentioned, because I totally was in that, that space as well. Did you ever have a block around receiving? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. I mean, you know, the love languages. Yeah. So (laughs) this is funny because I always thought that my love language is physical touch and words of affirmation because I had so much resistance to receiving gifts and receiving favors or what is it? Like, um, I can't remember the term, but the love language where someone does like a favor for you. Acts of service. Yes. Acts of service. Yes. And this past weekend or a couple of days ago, I rented this Airbnb with this, like, I don't know what to call him. This guy who I'm seeing right now, it was really hot and romantic and incredible. And 
he like cooked breakfast for me and he, you know, he just did these little acts of service and I actually allowed myself to fully receive it. And I was like, whoa, is this a love language of mine? (laughs) So yeah, I, I had blocks in receiving so much, like I mentioned, gifts, acts of service, compliments. Like I would note someone would compliment me and then I'd be like, no, I would push it away or I would have to compliment them back right away to make it even. And when I started manifesting, I definitely had blocks to receiving money for sure. Like money's such a big one for everyone because you know, we don't grow up. Most of us don't grow up being like given money that we get to practice receiving. So that was a huge block that I moved through. And I think, I think I'll constantly be deepening my ability to receive money. Uh, but the more that I do it, I, I, the more that I receive, which is really beautiful. And what I noticed is that, you know, as I learned to receive compliments, as I learned to receive gifts and like really let it feel nourishing in my body, I was, I'm, I'm teaching my nervous system and my body how to receive anything, money, clients, friendships, love. And that block around receiving, like, where do you think it stems from? The block around receiving in general? Yeah. Where do I think it stems from? Hmm. That is challenging for me to come to, but I want to feel into it. Yeah. Cause I was wondering like an additional question to that is like, how do we teach people earlier how to learn how to receive? So that's why I was thinking of like the blocks and like where it stems from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the way you think. Like, how can we teach our kids to receive? Mm-hmm. I think it stems from a lot. I would say mostly is like growing up being told. So, so let's use money, for example, like being told you can't have that. We don't have the money and, you know, being told it's greedy to, to, uh, or, or not greedy is not the word. Like it's uh, egotistical to feel like to receive all these compliments, like to feel that good about yourself, that you agree with what they're saying. Um, We make it wrong to feel empowered and confident and in love with ourselves. So we reject compliments. We don't receive them, right? You know, uh, on Christmas, my family always had this budget for what they would spend. And I, looking back, I love that they did that, but it made me feel like, oh, I don't get to have everything that I want like my friends do. So, so to your second part of the question, how do we teach this at a younger age? I think about that all the time. Like how would I raise my kids in the most incredible way so that they can receive what they want from life? But, you know, I don't have kids yet and I don't have the full answer to that yet. I'm excited to learn when that time comes. Like I I think maybe, yeah, I think it will take a lot of intention in the way we speak in the way, because obviously we wouldn't be able to give our kids everything in the world and we wouldn't want to, right? So I think the way that we speak and the way that we explain things to our children will be really important. I love it to go further into this guy. (laughs) (laughs) So what's something that you think you healed around men or what's something that you think you intentionally worked on? to bring this guy into your life? I love to talk about this or I would love to, because as I mentioned earlier, I, I dated men who didn't respect me. And my, my previous ex who I dated for a couple of years, this was like four years ago, three or four years ago, he cheated on me a lot. And I kept going back to him. Like my, my gut knew, and I would even see proof and we would break up and get back together and all of that. And when 
I started to fall in love with myself. I, I completely cut him off. And that moment I, I realized I need to just work on me. So I didn't date and I just worked on myself, worked on myself, worked on myself. And in the past few years, I've gone on dates on and off, but no one, there's only been like one person in the past few years. And then this guy who I'm, I'm seeing right now, who I've really, really felt a connection with. So it's taken a lot of patience and self-love and devotion to my highest vision of what's possible for me to get to a place where I had such a great few days with this, with this man, because I think in the past I would settle, I would say like, oh, well, he's all right. Like, or, oh, eh, I I just feel horny. I'm just going to sleep with him. But I actually abstained from sex for two and a half years. I, I told myself I'm not going to sleep with anyone until I truly feel a connection until I truly feel seen and heard. And I didn't, I would try and visualize what that would feel like, but I just knew I would, I would feel it in my body. And, you know, I would have these moments where I would feel really lonely and want to just be held and cuddled, you know, but again, I didn't want a man to touch me that I didn't feel that connection with. So I would hold myself. I would feel the universe holding me. I started to learn about masculine and feminine energy and how it's such a gift of the feminine to let life flow through her to let love and life and everything nature open her heart and feel so in love in each moment even if there's no man involved so I started to do that and you know I I arrived in Costa Rica a few weeks ago and I'm just so full on life I feel like a beam of joy and I believe that's what magnetized this person into my life because it's like a reflection of who I am inside. And is there anything you've been doing to become more magnetic? Yeah, I, I, there's a lot that I do to be more magnetic. I believe that we're always magnetic, but we might be magnetic to things that we don't desire. So the first thing is, is like being a, I call it a quantum keeper of the minds, like being a keeper of the minds having strong boundaries about where my mind goes. I don't allow in thoughts of scarcity, lack, limitation. And if I notice them, I immediately set a boundary and and say no. And I, I switch my thoughts. So I think very abundantly. I believe in possibility. I believe in myself. And, and, and that's like the masculine container that I create. And then I also, I am so devoted to feeling all day long and, and really feeling joy and pleasure. So I breathe into my body. I, I breathe into my womb. I breathe into my heart and I tune into how my body's feeling and I let her guide me. Once I have the clear vision of what I want, I know that my body is going to guide me. So I tune in and I listen and I, you know, something lately that I've been doing a lot is rest. Like I'll just lay and be, and I'll just, I'll, I'll lay in the grass and I'll hear the birds chirping and I'll, and I'll receive, like I'll practice receiving in, in all these moments. Like I'll receive the sun beaming into my body. I'll receive the birds chirping, like receiving it into my ears. I'll receive the laughter of, of people near me. 
So yeah, being like just being here, I've found has, I begin to start to feel energy flowing through my body. And I just feel so connected with the universe that I know that even though I'm not doing like physically doing anything, I'm actually doing a lot to be more magnetic to everything that I could ever want. I love to go in like the beginning of your business. Like in the beginning, did you have any blocks around? Can I really make the amount of money that I want to make? Because maybe I don't have the audience or maybe I don't have the business experience or this is kind of like my first time doing this. I love to go into like the beginning for you and what you were doing to make sure that those didn't become your stories or that it limited you in any way. Yeah, that definitely was part of my story. I think I always knew, I always knew that, I eventually would make the kind of money I wanted to make. Excuse me. I keep burping a little bit. (laughs) I always knew that I would make the kind of money I wanted to make eventually. Right. But I did have blocks. Like, am I, is my feed pretty enough? I don't have the amount of followers that you need. I used to think that you needed like 30,000 followers, a million followers to make money. And I think what helped me through that was just learning, like seeing evidence of these really successful people who don't have that and learning more about how the universe works, you know, learning that there's a lot of people with a lot of followers who make no money at all. And it's, it's just all energy. And it's, you know, I just, I started working with this energy healer. His name's Andrew DeGregorio, and he's so incredible. He's like a wizard. Whenever I see him, I say I'm going to wizard training. <laughs> and he has really opened my eyes to what is possible. He has no social media. He has one website and he has created very, very, very successful business through just energy, like just being so in alignment with himself, so tuned into the universe that the universe is out here like a puppeteer, just self-organizing and self-correcting, delivering to him the kinds of clients that are meant for him, that will pay him a ton of money and that will go out and do great work in the world. So he works with business, a lot of business owners who are coaches who go out and create the ripple effect. So he's really serving like probably hundreds of thousands of people through the the people that he works one-on-one with. And yeah, he just really opened my eyes to the fact that it's not strategy. And I had to unlearn strategy. I had to unlearn strategy and learn that my soul is my strategy. And then I just started to receive evidence. Like, for example, a few weeks ago, when I was packing to move to Costa Rica, I was launching a course for like a month and it was a very casual launch. It felt like I was just inviting people into my energy and it had been like a week and I hadn't emailed anything. I hadn't posted anything because I wait for inspired action and I'm never going to force myself to do something that doesn't feel in alignment. And I was in the shower and I was like, wow, okay. It's been a week. I haven't posted anything. No one has like signed up or paid me. What am I going to do? And then I thought, you know what? I have so much content out there. I've spoken about this so much. I I don't need to do anything today. Like, I think I'm just going to receive. I'm going to, and I claimed it. And then a couple hours later, I get on Instagram and I have two people reach out to me saying, Alicia, I've been following you for a year. I'd love to work with you. What, like, how, how can I work with you? And, you know, I celebrated that. I celebrate every time something magical like that happens and it just happens more and more and more. And yeah, I've just, I've completely 
let go of, of the numbers and the strategy and, and thinking that those things are what creates success. I would love to have more followers and have more people in my space, but I know that it's not necessary for my end goal. And what is something that you're learning right now? Something that I am learning right now. Oh, uh, it's, it's definitely, there's so much that I'm learning. (laughs) I'm like, I see all these things scanning in my head. Something that I'm learning right now, I would say is, is I'm just learning more and more about what presence feels like in my body and how easy it really gets to be. Like, I'm just leaning back more and more and more and more creativity is flowing, more love is flowing, more joy is flowing. My skin is healing. I've been breaking out for a few years, like my skin is healing. So I I, I think I'm learning, you know, how that feels in my body. And I'm also learning how much of a people person I am. I'm surrounded by a lot of world travelers and I didn't realize how much I I was craving connection until I got here. And now I I get a lot of it. And if you could only give one tip on manifestation, what would it be? One tip. Oh, I hope it's a good one. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. One tip would be to have the clear vision of what you desire to create and to feel that now, like what would that feel like in your body when that desire was manifested, whether it's money, relationship, love, health, whatever it may be, you have that vision and then create that feeling within your body. That's all you really need to do from there. It's just inspired action, enjoying your life. And what I found is that most people just want to feel joy. They want to feel love. They want to feel freedom. They want to feel peace. So when we can create that within our body, not only are we more magnetic to the things that we desire, not more are we, we're more magnetic to the things that we desire, but we're also just feeling so good that the things actually don't matter as much anymore, like at all. And we're, we're here in the now we're enjoying our life because we're feeling free and love and joy right now. And we can all create that within our body, whether it's through breath work, meditation, visualization, nature, like we can all create that without needing physical things. What's something you're really excited about right now? Oh, I am really excited to go to a new part of Costa Rica in a couple of weeks. Right now I'm in the mountains. I'm teaching breathwork here for the month as a, I manifested this little exchange uh, to live at this really, really dope like hotel. They don't, they don't put TVs in the room because they're, they like love to create connection and they have last night they did like live music and it's been great, but it's a little chilly. I'm wearing a sweater right now and I'm excited to get to the beach and learn to surf in a couple of weeks. And if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, if you want, you don't have to talk to her. If you want, you could just look at her, hug her. You can do whatever you want, but I want you to visualize that you guys are in the same table and you're looking at her. What would you want to tell her or what would you want to do? Hmm. I would want to give her such a big hug, <laughs> such a big hug. And I would just want to tell her everything's happening for you in perfect timing and be kind to yourself. You deserve the best. You get to have it all. Those dreams and those desires that you long for are going to happen. And I would just tell her, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for never giving up. Thank you for, you know, getting out of bed. Thank you for all that you do and, and that I love you. 
And where can people find you online? People can find me at, at, at Instagram, <laughs> on Instagram at Alicia McNeil, A-L-E-S-H-A-M-C-N-E-I-L-L. That's the best place to find me. I'm always sharing my travels and my experiences and little downloads on my stories and on my feed. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.